Hello, I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Risk Manager with ALPS. Welcome to the latest episode of ALPS In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. I'm excited to be able to introduce today uh, our guest, Andrea Canfield, who works uh, with Stoll Reeves at the uh, Anchorage location. And uh, Andrea, before we jump into our topic, and the topic, by the way, we're just, uh, this is one of a series where we're really looking at the broad issue of women in the legal profession. Um, And so, uh, Andrea, before we jump into this topic, can you just take a little time and uh, fill our listeners in on uh, who you are? What what don't we know? Yes, no, no, no problem. And thanks, Mark, for having me. Um, Yes, so my name is Andrea Canfield. I am a fifth-year corporate associate at Stoll Reeves. Um, And by corporate, um, I do general corporate, but I specialize in mergers and acquisitions. Um, I am in the Anchorage office, and I'm actually from Alaska. I'm from Eagle River. Uh, I went to college at Delaware State University and then um, for undergrad and then for grad school. I got my master's in business administration. Uh, and then went off to University of Virginia for law school and then decided to come back to Alaska. Uh, so that's just a little bit about me and how, yeah. I, how I ended up here. Very um, good. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I'm, I'm struck. You know, you talk about being in the corporate uh, M&A world. Uh, boy, that's one that, that I think, uh, you know, my, my first response to that, this is heavily male-dominated. That, that would be my, my guess. Um, has that been a challenge for you? How, how is this working? Yeah, so I, th- I think you're right. So um, most of the legal industry, as you know, is male-dominated, but yes. especially um, in certain practice groups, um, and mine in particular, um, a lot of the CEOs that you'll come across are, are men. A lot of the general counsel are men, um, and those are kind of my bread and butter for clients. Um, and I think it works... Uh, I think it works out in just um, it's a benefit and also kind of a burden. The benefit being that you stand out a little bit more, which means your work product stands out a little bit more. You you make a little bit more splash when you enter a room, um, and that's just because you may be the only woman in the room. Right. Uh, so I found that to be a benefit and something that uh, really has helped me progress my career and also uh, just to face time in front of clients. Um, the burden, I think, is the fact there's sometimes a disconnect between uh, what what it really means to be in the legal profession and be a female, especially if you have children or especially if you have other interests outside that kind of coincide with um, just the regular ideal of going to get a, get a beer after work. Um, so that's been a bit challenging, but I think navigating it has been been fun as well, so. And how does this, I guess, impact the partnership track? Is 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 being a woman in this setting? Does that create its own challenges? Um, yes, I think so. Uh, and I think that this is uh, just general across the board in all practice groups. But if you're on the partnership track, which is which is what I I am on, um, you want to have. Uh, Advocators, or those um, that are willing to speak for you on your behalf, and, and okay. really make sure that you enter the partnership, um, kind of hit your hit the ground running. And I, I think it's hard to find female uh, advocates because there just aren't very many of them. 
Right. So you're kind of left with being in a male-dominated industry or practice group, which I'm in, and then also kind of being in a male-dominated pool of mentors. Um, so you kind of get on both ends just being surrounded by men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that it impacts um, kind of if you're not comfortable in that sphere, um, it, it kind of impacts the amount of contact you can have with your mentors and with those who are going to advocate for you when you go up for partnership. Um, but I think it's women, I think it, I think we need to take a step forward and start embracing and kind of leaning into the fact that we do have Mm-hmm. Uh, male counterparts who are willing to speak up for us and take advantage of that. So if, if I were a woman and stepping into uh, you know, just uh, my first firm as an associate, um, you know, what advice would you have in terms of trying to, to establish this uh, advocate-mentor relationship? Uh, or, or do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, yes, I do. Um, so I, yeah, so my primary mentor is um, is a man that's a male partner, and he is great. And I would say that what I did um, for starting out was really um, take that relationship and, and make sure to um, to really just focus on it and, and put a lot of time and effort into flourishing it. Um, I think that you should try as best you can if you're a, a junior associate um, to, to really come in and, and talk with your partner, one, about the fact that your, your partner or your mentor, um, one, about the fact that you, you kind of are on the partnership track or whatever your end goal is um, at the time, and, and talk with them continuously and take them out to lunch, take them to coffee, ask for to go get a drink, or, or if you don't drink, to go get coffee or to go on a walk. I think that us women should take those relationships and not only take it as a, okay, this mentor, this male mentor, is going to look at my career and kind of put me on that path, but they also need to know you. So take the time to kind of know your mentor on a mm-hmm. personal level and don't be afraid that because they are a male that it's, uh, it may it may be taboo. I think that right now in the social climate that we're in, uh, that's just the case, but um, you've got to step past that because it really, if you can build a personal relationship with your mentor and your male mentor, you will be great for it in the long run. I, I think that is fantastic advice. You know, I as soon as you say it, it makes perfect sense. But I'm not sure I necessarily would have immediately thought of that. Um, you know, I, I tend to just think, oh, and maybe this is because I'm male, and I and, and you know, I, I suffer from from that syndrome, perhaps. But um, <laughs> you know, you sort of think. It, I often kid around with my wife about the, the difference between Mars, you know, being the male sort of world and Venus. And, you know, Martians tend to be very competitive and uh, <laughs> Venetians tend to, to focus more. And I, th- I think it's a very positive thing. I, I really am trying to support uh, what you're saying here. Uh, but, you know, I, more about relationships. Um, so when I think about that, Looking at this male-dominated world that you're in, in terms of colleagues, and you know, you're sharing that many of the clients are, are also men, and and this competitive world, and it's, it's it's stereotypical a bit, but does that create problems or challenges in the sense? Do you find a uh, an, a need perhaps to, to work harder than your your male? Counterparts in terms of other associates on the partnership track. It, 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 does that come into play? Mm, I'm not 
sure if that, that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, because I'm a female that I've had to work harder. I think that because I'm a female, I've had to uh, work harder to let my accomplishments be known. I think females, and okay. this is just a generalization, but I know I am, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I, we, we take our accomplishments and think that they will speak for themselves. Um, when in fact we should be advocates um, for ourselves and we should speak up and say that we've done this great thing or, or we've been a part of this great project or this great team. Um, and a lot of times we, we are not the first to speak for ourselves and we really need to take um, ownership of our successes and really let it be known to yeah. the world. So when we do come up um, for partnership or for promotion or, you know, at the end of the year for bonuses or, or reviews, you know, we shouldn't be shy about saying, you know, this is the thing that I've been doing over the year and I'm, and I'm doing great. I'm kicking butt. Um, and I've had to really own that um, as I've gotten more senior in my practice. And I think men just inherently do it a little bit easier. Um, and I'm not really sure. I think that it has benefited them. And I think now as women, we need to start doing the same. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about you know, the challenges of, of building a practice as a woman in this male-dominated world, how how do you, you know, what's what's your future, long-term goal with your practice, and and how are you trying to get there? What steps uh, are, are you taking? Um, yeah, so I like I said, I'm on the partnership track. My goal is to be a corporate partner specializing in M and A, um, and and that means that I will have a lot of general counsel, a lot of CEOs. Um, and kind of executives as my clients. Um, and I think right now I'm starting to do business development and really focus on that. And I have found that a lot of the things I did early on in my practice have really helped. First, uh, being really responsive and being responsive um, kind of from the beginning uh, as far as how I want to how I want to create my practice. So if I'm okay uh, with working weekends or um, having soft vacations, that's what I call it, soft vacations where, you know, I'm, I'm available for clients, then I need to make that known because that's an added value to clients um, that may uh, separate me from others. Um, so I think that if you're building your practice and looking um, to kind of make your mark in a male-dominated um, industry or practice group, I think um, circle your practice around your strengths and really hone in on those from the beginning. Um, I like to be available to my clients at all times. Um, and I do carve out, you know, times for myself. So uh, there, and you can speak on that later. But um, that's how I'm able to kind of build a value brand, a value add to my clients. You know, I will be the person that you can call on a Friday evening, and and, and I'll be responsive and get something to you um, right. within reasonable time. Okay. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. Again, thinking about the. You know, someone just starting out at the beginning of, of where you have come from. Are there any mistakes, lessons, things that you might share? Would would you have changed anything? Oh my goodness, there's so many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number of mistakes, yes. Um, yeah, so there's so much. Um, yes, so I would say if you're starting out, the one thing that I wish I would have done differently is, is uh, I think as lawyers, we're all kind of um, detail-oriented, but yeah. take that to the next level and, and be detail-oriented and then ask questions 
um, that goes a step beyond the details. Um, that will increase your knowledge and that will also help you look at the big picture. So if a, a partner or a client gives you a document to review, you know, that standard, you know, first year stuff, yeah, review that document, but ask questions if something doesn't seem right, if, if things really aren't adding up or if there's inconsistencies that you see. Um, I think that if I, I started to do that a little bit later in my, in my first and second year, but if I would have done that from the beginning, I just think that there could have been a lot of mistakes that I could have avoided. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, you, you've, you've talked here a bit about being available quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, this, this is not a light practice that you have. I mean, there, there's a lot of hours being devoted to this. And, and you uh, recently shared with me that uh, you've recently had a baby. Congratulations, by the way. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's exciting. I, I, I'm at the other end. Uh, we, we have uh, five kids, but empty nesters now, and really uh, in, in enjoying life in a different way. But uh, I love <laughs> love the time with the kids. But you know, I start to think about okay. So you, you have you have a new baby. Um, how are you managing sort of to make this personal life work? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, two things. I outsource as much as I can, um, and uh, I'm also uh, finding I work at odd times. Um, and so for for women who are just starting out and maybe thinking about having a baby, I would suggest finding a firm um, or partners or colleagues that really uh, value you getting your work done by any means necessary so you don't have to necessarily just be in the chair. You can work from home if you need right. to, or you can um, work a little bit later into the night. So I take the the early hours. So I work very early in the morning and then fairly late at night after the baby goes to sleep um, to kind of get in extra hours and get other things done. Um, and as far as outsourcing, I tend to believe that if I have, you know, certain hours in the day over the weekend and some of them have to be spent to work and then others are just spending with my husband and I, then, you know, I'd rather spend the rest excess with my baby than cleaning dishes or doing laundry. So I try to outsource as much as I can. Okay. Um, and I realize that that's very privileged. Uh, you're, you're privileged and able to do that. And those who can't, I would say, then do as minimal as you, as you can, you know, yeah. let the dishes yeah. pile up and, and focus on your baby for those times. Um, and you'll get them done when you can, but that, that's kind of how I make it work. I like that. Okay. Um, a final question that I have for you, and it, 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 I think to some degree it, it relates to hear what we're still talking about in terms of, um, you know, how do you make this thing work? But wellness is, is a huge issue in our profession. And in terms of just, I, I'm moving away from trying to, you know, talk about balance, finding balance between your professional life and your personal life. And I, you know, I, I don't, I have found that that isn't real helpful. And I like how the, the profession is moving toward really focusing on wellness um, as, as a preventative way. I mean, if, if we aren't well in our life in general, living a healthy personal life, healthy professional life, you know, that, that can create some problems. Thinking about wellness, what other thoughts do you have? I mean, in terms of making this work, I, I'd just be curious. 
Yeah, no, great question. I'm glad you brought that up because I think we, we don't put enough emphasis on it. Um, so, yeah, so I I go to the gym or do some physical activity every day at lunch um, unless I have a closing or something uh-huh. that's yeah. just pressing. So I go to the gym and I go for a run or I'll lift weights um, or I'll go for a walk. Um, and it's another way, just a side point, that you could bring in business development by calling your clients and saying, hey, you want to go for a walk um, at lunch? or calling another uh, legal uh, friend, and you can kind of continue your business development while also getting a little bit of fresh air and getting, you know, some exercise in. So I tend to believe that I, if I have to work 12 hours in a day, I will still find an hour to go to the gym because it just gives you that release and that breath, and you kind of feel like you're not just working all the time, that you're also kind of enjoying life and kind of getting yourself active. Um, I find that it really will change your perspective. Uh, so I'm a, a very big proponent of of, of that, um, of exercise. I also am a really big proponent of taking the time to, to separate yourself um, and do some happy things, even if it's not just with your family. I try to spend a lot of time with my family. But if it makes me very, very happy to, to knit, I've joined a knitting group. <laughs> and it. that is also like a little bit of wellness. Um, yes. So I really love to read. So like join a book club. And it, it could only be like once a month or twice a month. But that time you'll definitely, like if you commit to it, you will find that you are just so much more centered. And as far as like work-life balance, I always call it a, a kind of a blend, a work-life blend. Sometimes um, okay. you're really just trying to blend everything together and make it really, really smooth. And it's not always smooth, but it, it will work. So Yep, that's my idea on that. Well, Andrea, it's it's been wonderful uh, having some time to get to know you and chat here a little bit. Uh, I want to thank you uh, for for uh, honoring me and, and giving us a, a little bit of time here. Uh, before I let you go, I, I do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with with our listeners? Yeah, um, yeah. So my my one like. Uh, hopefully inspiration for all those women who are either entering into the legal profession or kind of in it and, and trying to find their way. Um, I, I would say be very, very uh, open and honest with your kind of community, your tribe, your village around you uh-huh. and, and let them kind of help you. Let bounce off ideas um, as far as the development or, you know, your mentor relationship. Let them know that, that you're kind of what your goals are and others will help you. And I've tended to um, seeing the most success in my uh, career by letting others in and really helping them um, to help me. So that's my, my one tip for, for all those women out there. Well said. I appreciate that. All right. Well, for those of you listening, I hope you found something of interest and appreciate your taking the time to to listen in with us. Uh, As always, if you uh, have other topics of interest or other folks you'd like to hear from, please let me know and we'll certainly do what we can to make it happen. You may reach me at mbass at alpsnet.com. Again, folks, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.